Yat a bene, or actually not a bene anymore. Yat a, my relatives. Hello, it's Mark Charles. It is Tuesday, May 9th, and I'm actually sitting down with my second cup of coffee. I will admit I've been nursing this cup for a few hours. <laughs> so it's kind of lukewarm, but I wanted to jump on and just kind of greet everybody and say hi and talk about a few things that are going on right now. Um... Uh, yeah, so before I begin, let me just do as I always do when I speak, which is acknowledge I'm talking to you from the lens of the Piscataway. They're now known as Washington, D.C., but I want to thank the Piscataway as the host people of these lands. I want to honor them for their stewardship of these lands. And I want to just state how humbled I am that I'm on these lands today. It's important, my relatives, that we always remember that no matter where you go across Turtle Island, no matter where you are throughout the United States of America or Canada, you are on the lands of indigenous people. And it's important to know where, where you are and whose lands you're on and to um, acknowledge some of the history, the oral history of those lands before um, Columbus got lost at sea. But anyway, um, so also, a little later in this broadcast, I'm going to give a, a short update about my hip. Um, as you know, it's been a week ago Monday that I had hip replacement surgery on my left hip. And uh, the recovery is going well, a bit slower than I expected, but I'll talk about a little bit about that towards the end. But uh, before, well, I want what I want to start with today, let me just see who's on, if anyone's on here. Yeah, hey, Mary. Thanks for being here. Uh, Beth, Yat A, thanks for joining today. Um, what I wanted to start talking about today was as I've been sitting and resting my leg and resting my hip and doing some physical therapy and everything else, I've been listening to a lot of news. And of course, one of the things, there's a lot of things going on, but one of the things that were being talked about a lot is the debt ceiling crisis that's being, um, that's happening in our country, where uh, Congress passed the budget, and they said, this is our budget for this next year, and we're going to have these expenses, we're going to pay these expenditures, we're going to commit to doing these things, and the government began doing those things. And in the midst of that, we reached the ceiling of our debt, and now the Republican Party is trying to use this debt ceiling as an opportunity to cut the budget that was already approved and passed. Um, and of course, President Obama, our President Obama, sorry, President Biden is refusing to negotiate and saying we're not going to have a conversation about, about the budget. We need to raise the debt ceiling because we've made commitments and we have to pay the commitments that we've made as a nation. Um, and the challenge with this is, is right, this is a petty political fight that we've been having more and more frequently as our political system has um, exacerbated its partisanship. And whatever party is out of power, that's really the only party that really cares about being fiscally conservative and being concerned about things like the debt. Whenever a party is in power, doesn't matter if it's Democrats or Republicans, they just spend and use the credit card freely. Um, and the, the challenge with all of this is, and I, I tweeted this out just the other day, 
Um, you know, if, if you saw my tweet, um, I just put it into the chat a little while ago, but the, the tweet I put out the other day is I said, I want to remind my conservative relatives that the GOP does not have the moral high ground in refusing to pay to raise the debt ceiling, right? This the I, Conservative people, I absolutely agree. Our deficit is tremendous and it has to be dealt with. And we need to make sure that um, we are not needlessly spending money. But to rate to refuse to raise the debt ceiling now on a budget that was already passed and approved and obligations that our country has already made, that's not responsible, right? That that is irresponsible. And Kevin McCarthy and the other GOP um, leaders and, and members of Congress are trying to say, no, we have to be responsible and we have to spend our money wisely and not do the thing, not waste our money. And first of all, most of that is BS, right? Because when they're in power, most Republicans don't give a damn about the deficit. Right? You really don't care. It was raised several trillion dollars when Trump was in office. There may be more individuals within the GOP concerned about the debt, but the party as a whole doesn't give a crap about the debt, um, and they will spend it freely. The only re the only time the GOP as a party is concerned about the debt is when Democrats are in power, and the only the only reason only time Democrats are concerned about the debt is when Republicans are in power. It's it, it's not a it, it's an immature, unhealthy debate that both parties have to just bludgeon each other over the head with it. It's, it's, a, it's a political retribution that they take upon each other. But what they don't understand, and this is where I want to talk about the immaturity of our nation, right? I, you've heard me talk in the past about how the United States is, is a very immature nation. You know, if I were to, to gauge our age, um, we are at best a preteen, right? With all the changes in hormones and the wild mood swings and the irresponsibility and the, 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 the challenges that come with that. But we are a very well-financed and very heavily armed preteen, right? We're the only nation that's ever dropped nuclear bombs on civilians. We use our military freely around the world to get our way in different things. And we are absolutely reckless with our finances. Absolutely reckless. And re I agree. We are completely, we're maxed on our credit card. We're spending money we don't have. And we need to change that behavior. But now is not the time to do that. This is a debate we need to have when we pass a budget. Not, we don't need to have this debate every time we pass the budget and every time we reach the debt ceiling. That is just absolute immaturity because what we're doing now, and the United States of America, right, the dollar is one of the strongest, if not the strongest financial tool out there at the moment. Our economy sets the precedent for the global economy. And so if we refuse to pay our obligations, if we, if we refuse to pay our debts, 
that's going to cause a global financial crisis. And again, we're debating over a budget we've already passed. We've already approved this budget. And now we're saying, no, we're not going to pay it unless we change it and do all these things. And, and this is literally, this is the, the, the Republicans being, and both sides are childish. But the Republicans are raising a stink, refusing to do something, knowing it's going to cause pain, not just to themselves and not just to our country, but to the globe. And they're saying, we don't care, we don't care. And this is this is the immature, right? This we're a preteen trying to get our way the way preteens try to get their way. We're a child in the global stage. Do not have the wisdom, the integrity, or the understanding how to conduct ourselves as a responsible global citizen. We are children as a nation. And both sides do it. Both sides play this game. We, we need to pass legislation. I firmly believe this. We need to pass legislation that says when we approve a budget, we are approving the raising of the debt ceiling to pay for that budget. Having this kind of childish bickering by both Democrats and Republicans every time we get to this point makes us look like idiots on the global stage. Absolute idiots. But this is what happens when you're a colonial nation and you get this kind of power and this kind of weaponry and this kind of finances and you don't have the maturity to handle it right this is what this is what you do so we shouldn't expect unfortunately much different but i just i wanted to point out how absolutely unnecessarily immature this debate we're having is currently and it's us again saying just like when we drop nuclear bombs on the world because we want to get our way. Just like we go in and bomb the crap out of places, we put military bases all over. Just, uh, we do this because we are a well-armed, well-financed preteen who is absolutely immature and entitled and believes in the lie of its own, the myth of its own supremacy. And we don't give a damn about what happens to the globe. That's the problem. It shows up in our military and it shows up in how we conduct ourselves financially. We are not behaving responsibly. I actually, I, I, if I were president, if I were president right now, I would do what some are advocating President Biden do, which is to use the 14th Amendment that talks about our obligations to pay our debts and to use that to raise the debt ceiling to pay for this current budget. And many are saying that is going to cause a constitutional crisis. Fine. Let's have the crisis. At least then that's about us and not about the globe. But let's pay our debts. 
fire president, that's absolutely what I would do here. I would uh, the, the Republicans would come and say, we're not going to negotiate. We're going to until you cut all your spending and, and rehash all these things we've already approved and, and agreed on. I would say, no, that's not how it works. And even if my actions were to cause a constitutional crisis, I'd be like, that's fine. This is a crisis we need to have. We need that constitutional crisis in this country. So anyway, those are my thoughts about this current debate we're having as a nation and what's happening with it. The second thing I want to talk about is the horrible shooting that took place near Dallas, Texas the other day. And uh, I'm sharing another story in, from AP News. Uh, seven people, three of whom were children, were literally gunned down with an AR-15 type weapon by someone who it appears has ties to white supremacy. I'm still pulling all my thoughts together about what I want to say about this. That's why I didn't put this in the title of this of this uh, second cup of coffee. But I wanted to acknowledge this horrific act. And this is like the 199th mass shooting in our country this year. I think that's the number I heard. One question I want to ask, and I'm, I'm asking this of foreign leaders. Leaders of foreign countries. At what point do you issue travel warnings to the United States, telling your citizens it is not safe to travel there? That nation does not know how to protect the value of human life and issue travel warning. If I were the leader of another country, I would absolutely be writing up travel warnings for travel to the United States. Yeah, those, those Americans don't know what the crap they're doing. And it's not a safe place to be. It's not. China wants to get an upper edge on us, right? Issue a travel warning. Tell your citizens, yeah, the U.S. is not a good safe place to be right now. Look at them. They have hundreds of mass shootings. Almost a daily, more than a daily event. It's not a safe place to go. We need other nations to treat us like the immature children that we are, not the entitled pricks that we are. People are scared of us, and I guess they should be because we really don't give a damn as a nation. Right, we'll blow up the global economy, we'll blow up other nations with our weapons. But other nations need to begin treating us in accordance with the immaturity that we demonstrate on the global stage. I'm still gathering my thoughts about this, but it's getting to the point where something needs to change. Something needs to be done. We need to find a way to address this as a nation. 
because this this really isn't about freedom. This isn't about freedom. I mean, I'm sure this is rooted in the trauma of white America. So this is rooted in the fact that this country was founded on white Christian nationalism. Enslavement, kidnapping of people from other nations, ethnic, ethnic cleansing and genocide. It was founded on these things. And so this country goes to bed with guns by its side because it's terrified that what it did to establish itself is going to be brought on itself by those around it. This is why we have to create common memory. This is why we have to teach our history. This is why we have to acknowledge who we are and what we're built on. Because this is what we do if we don't, right? We're living in a constant state of paranoia. And this is not these the right to buy an AR-15 assault-type rifle on a whim is not about freaking your rights, right? You can't buy a car without registering it and getting a driver's license. This isn't about rights. This is about the fact that white America is paranoid that the history it wrought on the world might come back to revisit it. That's what this is about. And until we address it at that level, we are not going to fix this problem. So anyway, I'm still thinking through other stuff I want to say about this, but those are a few things I wanted to <clears throat> at least point out about this. Finally, I want to talk a little bit about <laughs> my hip surgery. I had hip replacement surgery. I put this on my social media a few weeks or a week ago when I went in for the surgery. Um, I, I developed arthritis in my left hip about three years ago, and it progressed pretty quickly. And it uh, it, it began to limit my my mobility, my ability to, to do uh, exercise, and eventually it was even slowing my ability to walk. And so we decided to do the surgery. And going into the surgery, like I, this is this is a positive surgery. I'm not negative about the surgery whatsoever. I like, oh, I'm sorry you're having hip surgery. Well, I, I'm actually not. I'm very glad I had hip surgery because I'm getting mobility back into my hip. And I, I'm so humbled to live in an era of history where I don't have to live with this for the rest of my life. Like I, we can correct it and I can go back to playing basketball and getting exercise and doing all these things. And it, it's, it's an amazing, um, exhilarating experience. Now I will, I, I want to, I will have to say the last week has not been quite what I expected. And I'm trying to figure out where I missed the boat because the last week has been my, my recovery has been slower and it's only been a week but it's been slower than I anticipated. And I was trying to figure out why. Going into the surgery, I was told by both my doctors, my physical therapists, and my things I read online that I could put weight on my hip immediately, which I could. The day of my surgery, a few hours later, I was able to get up 
and start walking with a walker around the hospital. I was able to put weight on my hip immediately. And I knew they were doing an incision into my thigh and they were going to take out my old hip and replace it with another hip. I knew that was going to happen. I knew it was going to be a fairly invasive surgery um, and I would have to heal from that. Now, um, but I was also told it wasn't going to be like a, a, a bone breaking, right? Like a, like a broken bone, which you have to mobilize. Again, I could move my hip. I would have to learn how to reuse this new hip and would have to strengthen the muscles around it and everything else. But it wasn't like it was mending a broken bone. And so in my mind, I thought, okay, I've broken bones before. I know what healing from that is like. This That's not what this is. I've also had surgery before. I know what recovering from that is like. And so I anticipate by a few days after my surgery, if I can walk on immediately, I'll probably be feeling fairly good several days after my surgery and be able to start just doing the strengthening more quickly. And that's not what happened. Um, I My recovery has been much slower and I, what really surprised me was on about day three or day four during my recovery, my left leg began swelling. Um, I was getting up and walking. I was doing my physical therapy. I was I was exercising it, and it began swelling on me. Um, this was going into the weekend, and uh, so we I read about it. I called my doctor. Found out yeah, this kind of swelling is pretty normal. And I called one of my relatives, it was on Friday, I think, and just was talking. And they said, how are you feeling? And prior to that, I'd say, I'm feeling good. You know, my, I'm, I'm walking more every day and I'm able to get up and around. And that day I was in a lot more pain. My leg was swollen. And I said to my, my cousin, I said, I feel like my hip has been cut open the top of my leg bone has been sawed off. An artificial hip has been stuck in our, that hip was removed. The artificial hip has been put in there and then it's left in there. And I feel, I, that's how I feel. I feel like my body was cut open. The bone was not broken, but fractured. A new hip was put in. And then this foreign object was left in there. And I feel like I'm like, and I realized that what my mind was treating as a very minor procedure was actually a very traumatic procedure. And so my mind was like, I should be recovering from this really quickly. And my body was like, no, there's no way. This was a very major surgery. And now not only did all this trauma happen, but now there's a foreign object inside my skin and my body's trying to figure out how to respond to that, how to react to that. So since realizing there was a huge disconnect between my brain and my body, I've allowed myself to recover at a much more slower pace. I've taken to getting up less and to letting my, my body rest more and to elevating my foot more and to just allowing myself to recover. And it's going slowly. It's going well. I can I can move about. I can even walk a few steps without my walker or without my cane. Um, I'm able. I have to go. We only have one bathroom in our house, and it's up a flight of stairs. And so I go up and down those stairs at least two or three times a day. Um, maybe actually four or five. Sometimes three or four times a day. Um, our our sitting room where we watch movies and we 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 uh, we 
just hang out as a family is downstairs. So I go down, I usually go downstairs at least once a day. So I'm getting a lot of exercise and I can actually go up and down the stairs pretty quickly. But I, my leg gets tired quickly. It swells up fairly frequently. And I just, I'm allowing myself more time to recover. And I'm beginning to acknowledge I'm probably not going to bounce back from this as quickly as I had anticipated. So, um, and the, the, this struck me the other day because on Sunday, I had one of my book tour, my, my, my book um, study Q&As, right, where I, I sell these Q&As where if you buy 10 signed copies of my book from my website and for your book study, I will give your book study a 45-minute virtual Q&A. And I remember my, my assistant contacting me about a month ago and saying, hey, there's a group that wants to do a Q&A and it's a month after your, or it's a week after your surgery. How do you feel about doing that? Do you want to wait longer? Or put them, you know, reschedule it. And I was again thinking, oh, this won't be a problem. This is a week later. I'm sure I'll be fine. And so I scheduled it. <laughs> well, Sunday came out and I was like, what in the world was I thinking? Um, you know, I, I, I was excited for the Q and a, but I was like, it was uncomfortable to sit in this chair and it was, I was like, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Um, the Q and a went really well. I, I love the company. I love these Q and A's. I love the fact that opportunity to have conversation with people who've read the book and have had a few days or even a few weeks sometimes to think about it and engage with their questions. I love these Q and A's and that Q and a went really, really, really well. But had I been aware of what my body was going to be going through, there's no way I would have scheduled it, right? There's no way I would have, I would have kept it. I would have instead postponed it at least one more week, if not two more weeks after that. But anyway, <laughs> so I'm recovering. I'm humbled. I'm acknowledging my body has gone through a fairly major trauma. I'm deeply grateful for that trauma. I'm so excited that I can regain mobility and i said in my post my goal is to play basketball again like that's i i want to play basketball again and so i'm excited to have this opportunity i'm excited to have my my hip strength again but i'm also acknowledging yeah i need to give it time to strengthen back into that and i need to let my body recover from this major trauma that it, that it experienced a few weeks ago so anyway that's where i'm at that's kind of the stuff I'm thinking about, but uh, I really appreciate all of you. I've, I've wanted to get back on and, and do another second cup of coffee for a while, um, but I have not been able to, uh, to do that. And so I'm excited to be able to, uh, to talk a little bit today. I hope your cup of coffee is as good as mine. Let me just see who's on here. Susan, hey, thanks for joining. Steve, hey, thank you for joining. Um, I appreciate you being here. Uh, Sandra, hey, I appreciate you being here. Um, thank you for joining the dialogue. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. There's a lot of things going on, my brothers and sisters, um, my relatives. Mr. Phil Fox, Mary Myers, thanks for joining today. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to do another cup of, I, I hope to do a second cup of coffee again a little later this week. And I actually have a few guests scheduled for next week. And so I'm looking forward to having, um, a few guests on next week. We'll start promoting that fairly soon. But, uh, if you want to continue to follow my work and, uh, if you have not read the book that I, I co-authored on Settling Truths, 
Um, I'm going to put a link for that in the web, in the chat, and you can get signed copies of my book there. Also, if you um, if you would like to follow my work on Patreon, and on Patreon I have several tiers where I engage with people. Um, I do Q and A's. I post lectures. I allow. I do different thoughts on things. I have book studies. There's there's a lot of resources on Patreon and a lot of things that I'm adding every month into Patreon. And so if you would like to join my work and support my work and be a part of deepening the dialogue, you can always uh, join me on Patreon. And I just put the link for that in there. But uh, my relatives, thank you so much for taking time to join me for a second cup of coffee. I hope that uh, your day goes well and walk in beauty, and may we all learn how to walk in beauty together. Yeah, and hook on that.